Hello and welcome to Probably Science. My name's Andy Wood. I'm Matt Kirshen. Hey, Andy. How are things? They're okay. Think good. Have you survived um, whatever GameStop or AMC purchases you made or didn't make in the last? Uh, hours? A, a bit of me is disappointed that I didn't get on board with that, but another bit of me, I had work to do yesterday, and I knew I would just be. It, it, it'd be doing my head in, and also I wouldn't have had the guts to invest enough money that even with a ludicrous multi many times over inflation it would have made like i wouldn't have got a life-changing amount of money like the most i maybe would have risked is like a hundred dollars and then that might have and then and i would have bought in a bit late anyway so i might have made like four or five hundred dollars maybe but for for and i might have also lost that money and i i don't know it's a little bit like, I mean, I, I, I had a bad, bad loss at a casino like 20 years ago, I want to say, and I learned my lessons. So now I just play $5 blackjack, which, you know, it's never going to be enough that it really hurts or really feels great. So it's just kind of like, uh, what am I doing? But I did that, like, that amount for AMC and it still lost half of it today. And I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> uh, also, Robin Hood, that's crazy. And yes, I'm biased because I lost a couple hundred bucks, but... Um, that they shut it down. I can't. Like, we should what, introduce our guest and find out if he's involved yes, as well. This is a, sorry. This is a repeat. <laughs> well, it's okay. This is a repeat guest. This is a friend of the show coming back. So thank you very much, Eli Braden. How are you, man? Hey, it's great to be on the show, guys. Thanks for having me back after my disastrous last performance. Right? Oh man, we'll get it right this time. <laughs> uh, Eli, um, did you get involved in any of this um, short squeeze Reddit trading? Just in terms stonks? of just in terms of feeling very anti. Well, uh, cheering that it happened, and then right. feeling very anti-Robin Hood this morning. I mean, you know, pick which side of history you guys want to be on. I mean, you know, it's like, okay, we're going to stand with the capitalist hedge fund managers, you know? Uh, great yeah. great, great call, guys. Bye! It's, it's well, the, so... well, the, tru- the truth is, what the, re- you know, the Reddit people were doing shouldn't be legal. Like, it shouldn't be allowed. Exactly. But um, it is, wait, no, but it why, is legal. Why shouldn't it, be, why shouldn't it be legal? Because, because you shouldn't be able to pump up and manipulate stocks and force them to win well i think but, the, po- the point you're the making point Matt, is the, but yeah, what i was about to say is they that is only legal because the thing that the hedge funds were already doing was legal you know they the, do it the constantly that is they legal. do it constantly so you you kind of can't have it both ways you've either got to be able to like you can't say like okay this is a skewed game but only one side is allowed to skew it Right, but also, what do you call it when Jim Cramer recommends a stock? How is that not pumping it up? What do you mean? Like, it, discussing what stock you want to buy should be illegal? You make I mean, a great point, Andy. I'm just... It's, <laughs> the whole system... It's just like, I can't think of a better time in history to lose all faith in institutions. Yeah. Whether it's like the Capitol riot, like, oh, I guess the cops don't do anything, and you can just walk into the Capitol and do whatever. And then this, like, oh, I guess you aren't allowed to... You, you can have complete faith in this company to let you trade until they decide they don't want you to anymore, and you can lose everything. Like, but, but, the, the stock market yeah. is hopelessly rigged. Institutions are failing us. <laughs> well, I think that's the big takeaway. It's like, that's the big takeaway, is that... Is that you know, if you're going to play in, a, in such a risky game, then you have to be willing to take the hit when it, things go against you. Yeah, well, and, that's the thing. And, you can't just suddenly, like, take your ball and go home when you... Yes. Like, you can't say, hey, we've been cheating the system our way for the last 20 years. These guys aren't allowed to just waltz in here and start, and start fucking us the same way. Can we swear on this? Yes, we can, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's so... I just can't believe how transparent... Like, how things like we'll, this... We'll, uh, we'll dub over open. the word stupping. Yeah. <laughs> 
Anyway, no, I didn't sorry, get I didn't get in I didn't put any skin in the game in this one though because my my big thing that I've discovered over the pandemic is uh, predictit.org, which is a political betting site. Now, I am on that been... site. Nice, nice. <laughs> Are you, do you go on often? Uh, I I haven't checked in on it for, for a few days, but I do wish I bought in way too high of that, uh, value, and I should have bought in again when it really dropped on whether the senators were going to get sworn in within a day of the inauguration oh, that all took a huge every one of those markets took a Cause, huge because that dropped down to today. 40 and I, I bought in at the 90s because i was like yeah of course in, they are and which, then it dropped down which, to 40 for i should have bought in again and then it went up again for for, for, for which particular uh, oh, oh oh you're talking about for uh for the georgia senators yeah yeah so it was um we should explain predictit.org is basically you can you buy you're you're buying shares you're buying futures but on real life events yes and it's Politics. run by a, a university mm-hmm. i can't remember which one but uh it's so, in europe and it's a non-profit therefore it's a non-profit because they, they take all their profits and funnel it into the the university so that therefore they can get away with non-profit status but it's really just a for the most part a, a site for degenerate gamblers who are much smarter than most degenerate gamblers to yeah <laughs> so, so I bought I bought futures on is it futures I don't even know the specific words but I I, I bought in on um, the Democrats having control of all three uh, branches of government or, or or sorry the House the Senate and the presidency yeah having a clean sweep by I think it was by January twenty second because um, I was like well of course they are and then right. people started going like yeah but they might not swear in the, oh my God. the three new senators on, that was the, on the, the day craziest, and that was the craziest market right and I got I gotta tell you a little story I've gotten on that I've been on that site for a while and I've gotten to know some people and one of the guys who's one of the big time traders on there is a big fan of the Howard Stern show which I'm a contributor to and so when I we kind of met through Twitter and he's like oh my god man I'm such a huge fan and we got to Talking about trading and stuff, and he's he's such a he's he's like he makes thousands of dollars on that site every day, you know. And like the <laughs> night of the, the night of that election, he said, "Listen, I got to tell you, there's I, I you know I got to share you with, with you this one little uh, tip. There's a there's a there's a, a market on there that says that that the Democrats will control all three branches of government." And, you know, because the Georgia guys just won, it's right now it's at 96%, 95%, whatever it's at, 95 cents, 96 cents per share. He said there's a weird thing in the rules that says it has to happen by this date. And there's a really, really good chance that it won't happen by that date. And so you can buy these no shares on that right now for four cents, five cents. He's like, I'm going in there. I'm spending thousands of dollars. I'm just telling you, do what you want. So I went in, I bought as much as I could afford, a few hundred dollars. And over the next, it, it did end up working out for the Democrats. It happened in time. Yeah. But, but I, you managed I, to, I was sell able to sell it, it for back so down much again. higher. I bought them for five cents, sold them for 50 cents. I made a ton of money. It was, it was just so wow. great. Oh, that's great. So this is a science pod- podcast, not a uh, yeah. <laughs> a gambling but, podcast. Sorry, but still, that, that is mathematics. It is it's mathematics, a- yeah. And it's a fun thing to get mad about that you can say, don't worry, it's not technically politics, but it feels like it's politics, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's like, politics adjacent. It's it's like, and, and they're trying to make it politics and trying to make the Redditors into like alt-right. It's like, no, I mean, you could argue it's populist, but this isn't political. This is just like, don't ex- don't be surprised when there are more violent revolts coming because everyone has realized that everything is rigged. Amen. <laughs> it's like, Amen. we're heading for some dark, dark times, just so everyone knows. It's true, but you know yeah. what? You, we, have, we have to go through it to get for things to get better. It's, uh. it's just, it's inevitable, and it won't be that bad. <laughs> I don't I think know. it'll be that bad. 
It's already, yeah. Well, it's, anyway. it's going to get bad. It's going to get bad. You're right. <laughs> Speaking of things being bad, I haven't talked to you that much. We worked together on a show that I don't think has gotten made yet um, in the summer of 2019. Uh, how was your 2020? What's what's new with you, Eli? Man, you know, I, I got way too indulgent with eating, I think. I mean, I'm... <laughs> I got really I mean I don't know it's a, having kids is one huge part of it I think you know this just the uh what do they call it the learning from home which is so you know remote learning it's just it's so silly and so crazy um it's been okay though all things considered you know I've I've gotten less disciplined in some ways more disciplined in some ways um I've actually surprisingly got a lot of work you know working on shows that are all Zoom calls, you know, I just show up, I put on a nice shirt and a hat, and I'm good you know, in my <laughs> yeah, underwear. I'm just picturing a 10-gallon hat for some reason. <laughs> no, but it's all good. It's okay. It's okay. Nice. And you think, the uh, have their kids stayed sane? No, they're going crazy. It's awful. <laughs> I mean, I have, I have a 12-year-old and a 13-year-old. It's, it's, it's been terrible. Like, way too many video games, way too much, you know, uh, social media. It's just, but, you know, that's their mom and I day, have to stay it? sane yeah. too, so we don't we don't have time for their bullshit. We got to do our own thing. <laughs> Speaking of that, are you? Uh, I guess this is also like sort of predictive. Like I, I think I would want to invest in uh, some kind of stock VR related right now because I'm definitely more bullish than Matt. I think on on where that's heading, and if we're, if we're all stuck at home for the next couple of years, what people could do with that that beats that beats Zoom and it beats like I don't know. Have you have you played around with any kind of VR headsets yet at all, Yar? Well, I've do- I've gone to um, a friend of mine works in the VR industry, and I've gone to his house, and he showed me some amazing stuff. But I've also gone to like there's a couple places in LA that have like VR, you know, playing games. Right, um, right. You you walk in, you pay some money, you play the games. You have your sp- I mean, and it's amazing. I love it. It's 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 a super great time. But uh, I mean, I'm not super deep in that world, but I I love it. I mean, I definitely think that's the future to some extent. Um, it's really like, especially for comedy. If, if we are stuck at home for another year or two, cause like Matt, have you yeah. played around with things like alt space on yours? Uh, yes, but not for a while. It definitely seems like a much more viable way to have something that approaches the feeling of live comedy than, than a zoom call. Yeah. I haven't done a show. I haven't tried a show on alt space, but yeah, there are open mics, which are garbage just because of the talent. But like, you're like, Oh, if we just had good comics, this would actually be something that feels like, 60% of what a comedy show feels like. So I'm I haven't curious. heard of that. I'll have to look into that. Alt space. I mean, first of all, get, um, I'm not, we're not sponsored by this, but you know, get the Oculus quest two is also pretty affordable. And, uh, well, yeah, if you're a jeopardy champion, sure. I mean, <laughs> cheaper than a console. Um, yeah. We don't have your jeopardy millions, right? Andy, <laughs> by the way, I finally got the check. Oh, Ooh, you had to wait that long. Rest. Got it list got it this week. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's, it's, wow. it's just in my mailbox waiting to get stolen, um, which people do out here in the desert. Because That's crazy. My mailbox is two miles from my house, and before Christmas, everyone's mail got stolen. I got a bunch of stuff stolen. That's so crazy. Why would they give it to you, like, direct deposit? That's I don't surprising. know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, whatever. It all, it all worked out. And then I just went to the bank with it, and I thought they were going to ask for something special. They were just like, okay, it looks like it's, it's available now. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's all available? I could go... <laughs> Could go put it on GameStop right now. Well, you know, as as comedians, we're also used to being poor. We don't realize like this isn't that much money. <laughs> I guess compared to yeah. like your hedge fund managers, sure, yeah, yeah. It's like you're winning like four days on Jeopardy, and it's like, oh, okay, that's that's how much that other guy from town comes in with every week to right, deposit his right. paycheck. It's pretty strange. 
Anyhow, uh, at this point, we would probably ask you, in, uh, if it was your first time on the show, what your background in science is. But uh, I know we I, did that. I, I don't think we need to do that unless it's changed in the <laughs> year or two since you were last on the show. Well, the big thing is I'm trying to help my um, eighth grade daughter with her science homework. Oh, lot, yeah. You know, because she has no interest. But, um, yeah, what? that's not working out great. What kind of is that? Like Earth science? What do you cover in eighth grade? Um, God, what even is it? It's uh, a little bit of Earth science, yeah. Um, nothing, not anything in biology yet. It's mostly this stuff like, I like a little light Einstein. Um, right now, it's like very, very, very light Einstein. I guess if that makes any sense. Interesting. I don't think we ever covered Einstein in middle school. <laughs> I think it's more just about his aesthetic rather I was than say, it's the hair. It's like, yeah, <laughs> the hair. The, you know, the tongue. <laughs> his relationships. <laughs> the no his, socks. <laughs> his bagels. Have you guys been to Einstein Brothers bagels? <laughs> oh, they're not bad. His brother. <laughs> his brother is uh, Super Dave, I believe. Right. That's right. Yeah. Super Dave Osborne. <laughs> so people don't know that, but uh, R.I.P. Uh, what, what are you doing with, are you doing much music these days? Are you contributing to Howard Stern right now? Or? I'm doing stuff for the Stern show. I mean, I'm, I always do that. Um, I'm doing, uh, what else am I doing musically? Um, I mean, not that much, I guess, but um, I was actually working on a game show recently um, as a producer, and I'm doing some music stuff for that, which, you know, I, I hate when people say I can't talk about that, but I, I can't just because I want to make sure I... Don't lose my job. I've, right, I've, coasted, right. I've coasted a little too close to, to uh, hey, I can tell you about this on a, on, I can talk about this on Twitter and then like I'm getting a, an email five minutes later. Take that down. You can't talk about that. Um, yeah. That was but actually. You've already told us that it's a game show and it may yeah. have music involved, so we can probably <laughs> deduce the rest with that well, information. I can say that. Let me just say that a certain, <laughs> a certain lesbian talk show host may be involved with being the producer of the show. And uh, a beloved, a beloved uh, lesbian, universally comedian. beloved, <laughs> Rosie O'Donnell. Okay, fire me. This is funny. Fire me if you want to. I'm going to go with this. No, but uh, I'm doing some music for a game show that I'm a producer on, um, and uh, we'll just leave it at that. That's but, great. That's. Yeah, I mean, I'm that's, just trying to drop names here, you know. Yeah, but like double dipping. That's great. Yeah. Well, it's it's fortune. Or is it single? Feinmeister is the. Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Um, I, yeah, I, I was uh, debating whether I should plug on social media my involvement in a new ABC game show because I was like, I don't want to like risk anything. I just don't want like people to think that like it's all, all these game shows are rigged and this is like um, Robin Hood style. You know, the fact that I was a contestant on one but wrote for another. But oh, um, right, it's like it's like it's like that that old movie for uh, game show. Is that what it was called? Game show, uh, quiz show. Except he didn't quiz show. Write quiz for show. Other, right. Yeah. But anyway, I'll say this is buried 15 minutes into our episode, and I don't think anybody's going to care. But um, I worked briefly on The Hustler. Have you guys seen that new Craig Ferguson game show? No. I didn't know you worked on that. I didn't know I did either until I saw my name in the credits. I was like, oh, that's right. I did a week before uh, before COVID even happened, like last January. I just did like a week of remote work. Nice. um, Turning in questions. And I thought it was for a pilot, and I never realized it got made. And then I, I guess all the writers only did a week of remote working which is sort of a bummer we couldn't have been like staffed up but um it's like a cross between mafia and a trivia game and even if i hadn't been involved with it i love it it's it, so you guys haven't seen it yet no I've what, seen what, trailers what right now I, I know the show you mean now 
it's really fun. Especially, I think that the second or third episode in particular was like, I was like walking the one around you wrote screaming on? at my TV. It's like, obviously it's this person. I was like, no, wait, it's not that person. Hold on a second. <laughs> it's, there's one person who's a plant of the five contestants and is trying to, um, they know all the answers, but if, if they're found out, they're kicked off and they get no money. Oh, I love that. I got to watch this. What, yeah. what network's it on? Or what, where will I ABC, see it? Uh, Thursdays at 10 with uh, Craig Ferguson. Nice. It's an hour long thing. That is a great premise for a show. It's really good because then they're trying. It's really like, they, simple as well. They stand to lose if they let wrong answers go through, but if they're obviously coming through with right answers every time, everyone's going to be like, "Yeah, you're oh, that's fantastic." Well, you know that that's kind of I love games like that. There's a big video game right now that's actually extremely primitive um, in terms of like gameplay, but it's huge with kids. It's called Among Us. Oh yeah, it's a lot like Among Us. Yeah, which is also a mafia variant, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. and it's. And it's it's crazy because you know my son plays these all these shooter games, uh, super high tech, but like the game that he keeps going back to is Among Us, and it's right. it's like the most basic game imaginable, but it's it's for, great for the listeners who don't uh, aren't familiar with Mafia. You probably are. It's also sometimes called Werewolf, or you know there are, there are like, a bunch it, of variants and a bunch of names, but they all have roughly the same premise, which in, is the informed informed minority games, basically, right? Exactly, like one yeah. person has information that the rest of the group doesn't like they're the killer or they have they know something that the rest of the group doesn't and it's the group's job to deduce who the person or who the people are who are in the selective group without them you know and if if they manage to kill off or beat everyone then they win and if the group manages to identify all of the werewolves or mafia members or whoever it is then they win and by the way matt i i think there's isn't the in england there's a variation known as the barrister in the lorry is that correct? <laughs> <laughs> Barrister in the lorry. Vic- Vic- Vickers and Tots, I believe it is. Right? <laughs> oh, God, I wish that wasn't a real thing, that second one. but uh... <laughs> There's also uh, board games like The Resistance and Secret Hitler. They're all basically the same core mechanism. But yeah, but I guess any of those kind of games I also love. Like just straight up Mafia without any equipment is my favorite party game there is, I think. It's, a, yeah. it's so simple. Yeah. It's so fun to lie to your friends and just be like defiantly lying for half an hour straight. (laughs) (laughs) Being a Republican. (laughs) Ooh, I went there. I went there. Oh man, what are we? Chapo Trap House here. (laughs) (laughs) Here's my hot take about the. I I can't do those. I I love that show, but I can't. I'm (laughs) trying. I can't just wade into trying to do an impression of the show without having any practice. I haven't but, heard it enough recently. All I know is uh, whenever James Adomian's on, it's great, but I haven't... Uh, he's fantastic. Yeah. Does he go on in character or does he go on in himself or both? I know he does Sebastian Gorka, among other things, right? Yes. That's yeah, I think great. mostly in character. Mostly in character. Yeah. Let's, let's take a story from Twitter because we haven't done that for a bit and we've had a few tweeted in, including a few that I missed that... Sorry to anyone who tweeted a story that we covered anyway without crediting you because there's been a couple in the last couple of weeks i just saw that i was bad at checking our twitter mentions but thank you very much for sending them in uh paul muxworthy has just tweeted at us with um i'm not sure there's ever been a story more suited for probably science than this one i've just put it in the show notes there so you can also see if, um eli you can see that as well if you look on the website uh, mm-hmm. it'll be in the little column here because this so i th- we we'd covered the story that touches on this before but i guess it has now been made and written up and published and it combines dinosaur buttholes and 3d printing wow we haven't had a good 3d printing story in a while and yeah. how long has it been since you had the let's good butthole story uh, surprisingly well, not weeks. that long yeah. it's been quite recent <laughs> that we last had one of those so 
It is a, a, the cloaca that is more more than a hundred million years old and did a lot of work for this extinct species. Puns the New York Times subheadline. <laughs> this all-purpose orifice. Uh, the world's oldest known all-purpose orifice sits in a fossil display case in the Senckenberg Natural History Museum in Frankfurt, Germany. So close to the glass that it that enshrines it that you can quote put your face up to it like this says Jacob Vinther, a paleontologist at the University of Bristol in England, holding his hand a couple of inches from his nose. That's... what? That's how, how disappointing to go all the way through that paragraph and then find out that it's just a hand demonstration. But, <laughs> Only in Germany. That's, the, of course, the obvious place. Yeah, exactly. Be. In Germany, you can put your face... You know, right up to, but <laughs> England's the hand. <laughs> um, it, it belongs... To Psittacosaurus, a beaked, dog-sized, leaf-munching dinosaur that lived more than 100 million years ago. And, I'm sorry to disappoint everyone, it's not technically an anus, even though it sometimes functioned like one. (laughs) And by the way, not technically an anus was my nickname in college. But, (laughs) ah, this is a joke that never wears old. (laughs) Um, But, uh, it is a cloaca. As of course, of course. It is a multifunctional outlet named for the Latin word for sewer, through which some animals, including a menagerie of modern birds, reptiles, amphibians, and even a few mammals, can defecate, urinate, copulate, and or extrude their offspring or eggs. Wow, that's a lot. That's a, talk about multi-purpose. I yeah, mean, it's, the, it's the Swiss Army knife of holes. That's a category on Pornhub for sure that I want to see. Yeah. <laughs> Monotremes? Or just late-night infomercials. <laughs> just, this thing doesn't just defecate. It doesn't just. It doesn't just urinate. It doesn't just copulate. Today, I will throw in extruding their offspring or eggs. I didn't know that extruding. I, I didn't know birthing could be called extruding. I thought extruding was only like when you put like the star-shaped thing on your Play-Doh press and it, uh, you know, comes out in the shape of. You a thought star. it's more of a sort of a passive. <laughs> I thought it. No, I, I, the opposite of no, not not passive. I thought you have to be changing the shape of the thing that's coming through. Well, you yeah, you're picking extruding. what you want your kids to look like. You're you're like <laughs> if, you, if you have extreme control, if you do a lot of like uh, kegels, you know, your cloaca can uh, make you. That's the difference between having a handsome child and a disgusting child. Kegel Cloaca is a pretty good band name. Kegel Cloaca? We are Kegel Cloaca. This is not technically an anus. Hit it! (laughs) (laughs) Now, this orifice's opening, which was flattened during its fossilization, has been reconstructed into a three-dimensional model and published just last Tuesday in the journal Current Biology. Close... uh, Surely, Current Biology is a misnomer for a dinosaur asshole. (laughs) But, um... Close examination of the Psittacosaurus prehistorics privates. Oh, well done there with the Ooh. alliteration there, New York Times. But does Congra- it count as alliteration if the first P is silent? Yeah, I don't know. I think, I I think, think it's it, in it there. does count. Because you've still got yeah. the double phrase anyway. Yeah. I, Catherine Wu, I'm giving it to you there. That qualifies. <laughs> but suggests that the cloaca is somewhat crocodilian, but is still distinct among known nether regions. Wow. It, it is always kind of a rare gift when we get soft tissues like this preserved says amita uh manaf uh manaf zande who is a vertebrate paleontologist at brown university and was not involved in the study the aptly named brown university (laughs) (laughs) the uh, the pristine fossil that served as the basis for the new 3d model was unearthed in china decades ago 
The animal's body remained astoundingly intact through the eons, retaining even shreds of delicate scale-studded skin and a freckling of pigment. Aww. I know. It's a nice picture of it. While inspecting it for another study, Dr. Vinther was struck by its cloaca. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it could hit you, too. Yeah. Amazing. This thing doesn't just defecate. (laughs) It can hit you as well. It can hit you as well. (laughs) What if I I need something to hit me in the house? Well, (laughs) it can do that. It can hit you. It can strike you. Now how much would you pay? (laughs) It can hit, it can strike, it can pound. It can wow, it can amaze. Where's, this? The, where's the sham wow guy when you need him? Yeah. I know. Is he in prison for biting a prostitute's tongue still? <laughs> Was that re- really? <laughs> or maybe vice versa. I don't know if maybe it happened to him. Oh, no more heroes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, 20, man. But uh, an anatomical area... Sorry, this is still a description of the cloaca that struck Dr. Vintha. Sure. It says, uh, an anatomical area shrouded in mystery among dinosaurs because of a lack of viable tissue. The Psittacosaurus's posterior physique, Dr. Vintzer realized, was just intact enough to piece together a three-dimensional representation of the cloaca's opening or vent. He recruited the help of Robert Nichols, a paleo-artist. There's, there's a new job. Who knew oh, that yeah. was? To attempt the reconstruction, he also reached out to Diane Kelly, who is a biologist at the University of Massachusetts Amherst, who specializes in the evolution of genitalia. Perv. To, to pass the functional implications of their find. I think when they found those two people, it was like a, a, mon, like a, a recruiting montage from like Armageddon. Like they flip yeah. up their welding, <laughs> welding masks where they're inspecting. Or uh, Craigslist. It was also just Craigslist. Or we the, need a paleo artist. Oh, I'm a paleo artist. I'm on, I, I, I'm on the paleo diet and I uh, craft I, uh, I, vases. I want, I, I want like an evolution of the penis chart where it's just getting more erect as it goes along. <laughs> <laughs> So Dr. Kelly spent a long afternoon in her institution's natural history collections photographing preserved animal rear ends, just oh an God. afternoon apparently, from amphibians to reptiles to birds, and then turned her lens on the back ends of a friend's live chickens. Wow. I, see, I think we've covered this part of the story before, because this bit I remember. It, does sound uh, it hadn't been modelled yet, but I remember I her going to the chicken. We did a Slate article about that. Yeah, I don't. I guess yeah. people, forgive us for the parts of this that we've said before. But, but um, still. What, yeah. what she couldn't find in person, she and her colleagues scavenged online until the team had amassed a hefty survey of the known cloacal landscape. This is definitely more ornate writing, though, than the previous article we covered. Woo is great. This is great writing. I love, I love this. By the way, yeah, Ms. Mafanzade, there we go, my apologies there, said, Conspicuously absent from the roster are the majority of mammals, including humans. We are the odd ones out here. We have weird extra holes. Okay. It's a little normative to... Okay. Yeah. I don't know about weird, but... <laughs> you weird extra hole freaks. Chloic and normative. Most, most vents look like... Yeah, now people are going to be getting all sorts of dysmorphia and trying to merge their holes together so that they can fit in with the chickens. <laughs> That's what I spend most of my time doing anyway, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Most vents look like nondescript slits, some horizontal, others vertical, all rounded holes, sometimes shrouded by a wrinkly wreath of skin or a smattering of scales, Dr. Kelly said. The wrinkly, so- wrinkly wreath and smattering scales is also pretty good. Uh, yeah, by the way, that oh, yeah. is not a direct quote. That Those are not in in quotation marks. So I think that is indirect speech, and that alliteration has again been chosen by the author. This 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 author loves alliteration, and I'm and I'm here for it for sure. Wrinkly wreath of skin, smattering of scales. It's all in there. 
it's one of those things where like you could probably teach a passable version of writing to a bad writer by just giving them like five tricks like that, you know? Yeah. Anyway. We're, not that we're necessarily saying that this is a bad writer. This no, just... no, no. But it's just like, it's funny how alliteration does just, it works. It, yeah. And, and, and thesaurus.com makes it so much easier. It's Rule. like, just, yeah. just look up, hey, I'm looking for this word, but I, I need to start with this letter. So. Yeah. And we're also, um, rule of three. Or, for for writing comedy or rhetoric, right? Yes. Um, don't use the same word twice in like one paragraph. Not, aside from you know, s- small point scrabble word, like you know, a, a real whatever you call like a word with some heft. Find a synonym the next time you use it if it's close to the last time. It's just not that hard. Anyway, yeah. So the Cytosaurus variety might have been a bit more adorned. The team's reconstruction showed that the vent was likely flanked by a pair of dark-colored lips pinched on one end and flared on the other, creating a sort of drawn curtain look. Wow. Mm. That kind of turns me on, I gotta say. Yeah. <laughs> kind of makes me miss the theatre. <laughs> In many ways, I would say it's unique, said Dr. The Vintha of the Reconstructive Vent. Having a cloaca is not just, quote, gee whiz, here's a cloaca. <laughs> it's different from any living group we know of. By the way, that, right, that paragraph does violate the uh, don't use the same word in the paragraph with rule. the yeah but i, I think yeah, that's a good use many, of it i agree but it does violate that rule nonetheless yeah it could have said vent oh, no, vent is already used once also i don't how many more synonyms for that are there? well they were using i mean it was it was an, it was an ironic usage saying having a cloaca is not just gee whiz here's a cloaca it's like it, it yeah it, it's intentional it leads it it's intentional but and also still, that is direct yeah. speech so that that is reporter speech yeah. of yes. dr vintha so we can't yeah we can't judge woo for this mm-hmm. no Perhaps the closest analogue is that of the crocodile, whose vent is ornamented with lips that pinch together at both ends, instead of fanning out tailwards, said Dr. Kelly. The similarities were striking enough that the researchers proposed that, like crocodiles, the Psittacosaurus might have spotted, sorry, might have sported odor-rich musk glands on either side of its vent, wafting out a pungent perfume, there we go again, pungent perfume, mm-hmm. to attract uh-huh. mates. The dark colouring of the lips set against the backdrop of the animal's pale underbelly might also have served as a sexual beacon for other Psittacosauruses. I'm in. I'm all in. Yeah. You can't resist a beacon. (laughs) (laughs) The researchers couldn't draw firm conclusions about the cloaca's interior, but if Psittacosaurus's plumbing was more crocodilian than not, it might be reasonable to think that the animal's cloaca also harboured a penis or clitoris, as most contemporary cloacas do. Contemporary cloaca. I love that alliteration. (laughs) Again. We are contemporary cloaca. Is it it cloaca or cloaca? I don't know. I may have been mispronouncing this the whole time, and I'm sure we had this exact same conversation last time it came up in a a story. It was October, and in in three months in 2020 time is like three years. Could could be cloaca? Yeah. Who knows? But either either way. You heard about cloaca cloaca leachman, right? (laughs) (laughs) R.I.P. Sorry. (laughs) Clo- it's actually short for Clo Affordable Care Act. I don't know, but um, <laughs> Clobamacare, Clobamacare. <laughs> oh, we're coming up to a good one though. Oh, okay, among among modern animals with a cloaca or cloaca, only birds have jettisoned the phallus as a sperm delivery system, opting instead for a form of fornication called a cloacal kiss. <clears throat> in which the male swipes his vent against the females while vigorously ejaculating. Wow. Wow. Guys, I need to excuse myself for about five minutes. If you don't mind. 
Dr. Kelly says she strongly suspected that most dinosaurs would have been of the penis-toting variety. For the most part, if you have internal fertilization, you have some method of sticking it in. That was a right. direct quote. But the Psittacosaurus's penis, if it existed, is long gone, leaving a little clue to the biological sex of the creature or how it might have copulated. Wow. They, jet- they jettisoned the phallus. We've we got more animal genital experts here. This is pa- Patricia Brennan, an expert in animal genitalia at Mount Holyoke College in Massachusetts, who again was not involved in the study, said, A penis-bearing cloaca was very lucky, very likely... Sorry, not lucky, but also lucky. But she also pointed out that a bulging lobe situated between the lips of the Psittacosaurus's vent bore some resemblance to a structure that helps phallus-free male birds exuberantly expel large volumes of sperm. Wow. Exuberantly expel. (laughs) I'm starting, I am definitely starting to think that you know, perhaps Catherine J. Wu had a bet with one of her colleagues to see quite how many alliterations she can jam into it. <laughs> to, 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 to ascribe exuberance to an animal in any way is pretty... Yeah. Or exuberance, exuberance to, expo, to expulation is like, you know, that's like, that's like the double alliteration. You yeah, start with yeah. the E-X. I am 100% certain that at least some dinosaurs had penises, said <laughs> wow. Dr. Brennan. But it is possible Psittacosaurus was one that did away with the appendage. The researchers also found a fossilized lump of feces fixed in the Psittac... What? What? Wait. Feces fixed in the fanny. Yeah. I, fossilized that, feces just fixed me. in the fanny. The researchers just found a fossilized, fossilized lump of feces, feces fixate, fixed in fixed the Psittacosaurus's uh, <laughs> fanny. All right. Okay, now. This is definitely a bet. Is this, <laughs> is this author even British, or was the fanny just to get a fourth <laughs> F word in there? Like, it's... Well, well I don't... Because... Because our differing use of oh, wait. of the word fanny would both be correct in this situation. If it's a cloaca, then it's combining both. It's both. Oh, yes. Yes, yeah. You're right. okay. It's both the, the US and the UK. This is finally a way that we can come together. Meeting in the middle, literally. <laughs> the yeah. By the way, there's, a, there's an adjective coming up here that I really have major problems with. Um, a gratifying reminder <laughs> of the cloaca's versatility. Yeah, gratifying reminder? <laughs> A, a lump of feces is a gratifying reminder. It is. Of, Dr. Vincent said, it's quite nice to find it right near where it's supposed to come out. <laughs> this whole article's got to be a joke. It's great. I, I love mean, it. I, I did just recheck the, the domain of the website, and it definitely is from nytimes.com. <laughs> yeah. This it's is not in, NYT, lowercase l. Yeah, it's one of those ones where it's just like... It, it looks like it says Yahoo, but one of them's a zero. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, good, good on you, Catherine. But, but once again, a fossilized lump of feces fixed in the Psittacosaurus's fanny. <laughs> it's a gratifying reminder. I almost, but it's like, if you have enough words like lump and Psittacosaurus separating them, does it still count? I think it, I think it counts. Okay. I think it counts too. If, if, we if might need to get a middle school English teacher on here to confirm or deny it. I mean, it's more just about, is it effective? Is it effective? Like, does it work as a, yeah. you listen to the sentence? And like, for me, that one does. And you're a songwriter, so. That's right. If yeah. anyone knows about these things. And Andy's a songwriter too, so he would know, right? Right, Andy? I mean, I don't know if I've actually written, uh, I don't know if you could, I don't know if you could technically say that. It's true. Okay. Um, I'm not a lyricist. Ah. Yeah. But, I'm, okay, so if she had said, hypothetically, found, uh, I'm sorry, because uh, he got found, Fossilized, feces fixed, fanny. How, how would you get all those without words around them? You can say the researchers also found a lump of... Oh, no, wait. 
there was a lump of feces found fossilized and fixed in the fanny of the Psittacosaurus. <laughs> and then you could have a like, yeah. that, that would be like beating you over the head with it. So yeah. Yeah. You'd yeah. be like F off. You know. yeah, I think she was worried that the that her editor might like intervene yeah, if she got yeah. too crazy with it. But she 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 was just interested in winning the bet. She, had she pushed it bet. just as far, just yeah. as far as you can, like right up to the the limit. It's like that Super Troopers meow bit or something. It's only until you get found out that yeah, exactly. Have you guys seen that recently enough to remember that thing? Um, no. Oh, <laughs> pulled somebody over, just tried to sneak the word he, meow into the conversation without getting caught as many times it, as they could. Is that in Super Troopers, the movie? The movie? I, I'm pretty sure it is. Unless oh, I'm okay. Making I'll this, rewatch tonight to find uh, out. I don't know if it's as great as everyone says, but uh, it's pretty funny. It's definitely not as great as everyone says, but it is good. It does hold up. Um, by the way, this is not co- connected except that it's sort of bodily and I guess visceral, whatever. A thing that's actually unironically great, but also a little bit ironically great. Um, have you guys heard of the movie Psycho Goreman? No, I have oh, not. It just came out last week, and it's on uh, you know streaming wherever you want to find it. Um, the best movie I've seen in the last twelve months. Oh my god! Wow, it's, I can't it's, wait. It's like trauma esque. It's like Evil Dead Two, Army of Darkness. Oh, I have heard of this, really... and I think it's a real room splitter because I heard some other people say they hated it. I mean, if you like Evil Dead Two, you'll love. It. I, I just think it's like a perfect genre movie uh it's about this like trans-dimensional beast who's the embodiment of all evil in the world who come who was buried in earth and dug up by a little girl who who finds this amulet and uh she can control him so he can destroy the entire universe but he has to obey a bossy 10 year old wow (laughs) makes him dress up and things it's uh it's amazing psycho gore man not really does he talk like al gore does he have Al Gore's? <laughs> he actually has a great. I think a, I'll do that for you, little girl. The voice is actually really well done. It's like you know, altered monster voice, but a really good one. Great. Watch the trailer, and you'll know if it's for you or not. Is it intended to be like tongue in cheek, a little bit? Yeah, funny? it's very you know you know trauma pictures. It's not put yeah, out for them, but it's yeah. like that. It's okay. Um, yes, it's very like tongue I said, in cheek. Evil Dead Two, but but also just well and super um, physical. Uh, what do you call it? Practical effects, almost no CG. Nice. Like, like to a fault. Like just such fun practical effects and ridiculous, gory but not scary um, battles and deaths and things. Yeah, it's, it's great. Psycho Goreman. Psycho Goreman, yeah. This episode of Probably Science is brought to you by Psycho Goreman. <laughs> oh, I, gla- I would gladly sponsor them. Please reach out. I, I've never, I haven't laughed at a movie out loud in a while. That one multiple times. Some of the best physical comedy I've seen in forever that's great yeah thank you for sharing i can't but i guess now. i mean it, i guess it does split the room but you know it's still like 75 percent of metacritic I, I i can't see hating it unless you were tricked into watching it <laughs> but well, which is the only way that i can watch a film right, right you know i'm scared of all movies and the only way i can watch one is if i uh <laughs> get given a drugged sandwich and then wake up in the cinema right Oh, what man. was the last movie? What was the last movie you, you saw under those circumstances? What would it have been? I'm trying to remember what what was out just before everything got closed down. I remember seeing 1917. Right, that was the last movie I saw in the theater. Oh, that was a good theater one. It was a great one. Yeah, I, and uh, in the middle of the in the middle of the movie, uh, I was with my son, and he was like, "Dude, Kobe died." Because his friends were texting him, so it was, it was while Kobe it was while Kobe died, so it had that added 
tragedy to it. It's like, oh, wait, everybody died in the war and also Kobe died? This sucks. It was like a year ago, a couple days ago, right? Yeah. 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 I think. Now I have a frame of reference for this tragedy. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I literally was watching it while Kobe died. I get the horror of war now. (laughs) (laughs) They... Yeah, I don't think people put in enough work to really, uh, you know, accentuate your uh, your movie going experience. Just really add to it. Uh, you know, if it if it is like a weepy film, maybe just you know save some really sad news that get about each of the uh, each of each of the viewers. Just right. sneak in and whisper it in their ear. Yeah. Uh, how about like uh, you failed your hey, exams? This 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 movie chain that you're. This movie chain's gonna their stock's gonna plummet over the course of the next year because of, of a pandemic. But then on a but then a bunch of redditors will inflate the stock back up. Speaking of that, if anybody's listening and they're able to buy AMC, please buy a little for me. I wanna make <laughs> Oh, you need no, it to be pumped back gone. up again? I mean whatever. Like I said, it's a couple hundred bucks. Whatever. I just wanted to I wanted to have some skin in the game so I'd care about what happened the next in the next twenty four hours and then this crazy thing happened. I'm like it's not so much that I'm out a bunch of money as I'm like, oh, this is a really rigged system. Like, Andy, had you bought stocks before? Were you, had you been oh, like a... Oh, th- yeah. I lucked out. I, I bought Tesla in 2014. Ooh. And mostly held. I mean, I took profits along the way, but like, um, yeah, 2020 was great. And like, that's a crazy... Why wasn't Tesla... Why didn't they halt trading on that when that started to short squeeze? Because like tons of people shorted that and lost their shirts. And Elon would, would tweet about that and make fun of them for betting against it. And then it kept going higher and they kept losing billions. But at no point did someone step in and say, well, then we can't trade it anymore because it's well, I, high, I think that was just, than... That was just bad decision making, right? To, to, well, to all short Tesla. Is. Yeah. But what, like it's not like stocks are ever required to be tied to the financials of the company. And no, for sure. For sure. But I mean, what happened with GameStop was, I mean, GameStop was in a, you know, a death spiral and they, it was revived, you know. Right. Again, but why can't, why I, I can't love it be? What's the line when it can't be revived because you of know enthusiastic what, purchases? I, like, it's a very, it's, I don't know enough about that world, but, but yeah, it's like, all I know is. When they don't, when they don't rig this, when the system's the system's rigged. That's that's the only thing that really matters, right? It's like that's the only salient point out of all this is that this is not fair. Um, yeah. If you if you don't like what happened in the last two days, then why were you not complaining when Wall Street bigwigs do the exact same thing or something very similar every other couple weeks? You yeah, know, maybe, small maybe short selling should be illegal. I mean, like when you buy a stock. The potential you could make is infinite. The potential you could lose is finite. All you can lose is what you bought. When you short sell, the potential you could lose is infinite. Why well, would, that, why would that ever short be selling. a thing someone would Why would someone ever want to sell you, let you do that if the potential well, loss is infinite? Unless you show well, you have infinite funds before you start. Like it's, uh, that's a good point. But it's also like if you, I think I don't think short selling should be illegal. I just think it should be. Hey, if you're going to short sell. You have to be willing to lose everything in your portfolio yeah. and end up on the street if, if well, it goes if it doesn't go your way, you know. Yeah. Well, it's, also, if I, I I believe, and again, I I'm going I'm going very much off a bunch of short explainers on things like Twitter and Reddit, so I may be wildly wrong about some of this stuff, and because economics is definitely not my forte, but I I believe that one of the things that caused them to highlight this one is not just noticing that. A, a large number of people have taken big short positions on it, but that they had actually shorted more shares than exist in the company. Which shouldn't be a thing you should allow to happen. Yeah, obviously. right, again, which <laughs> yeah. is... 
he, like if I'm right about this again, I think we're now straying from uh, trading places rules to the producers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I follow. Like, it's not just it's not just short selling a thing that you think is going to go up or da- or, or down rather. It's actually selling more of a thing than exists. Yes, and that that takes us back to the stuff that caused the 2008 financial crisis, where it's like, you know, it's these people manipulating the market, and and again, I don't I don't know much about it either, but it's like I do know that there, you know, there's stuff being done that that's not grounded, even grounded in reality at all. So once that happens, it's like the possibility of chaos just you know becomes infinite. And yeah. Well, I think we, yeah. I think we should start a new uh, podcast where we try and explain economics after reading one paragraph on Twitter. So, yeah, like or it's a, a Buzzfeed article, like a different a economic article. principle every week. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, there'll be micro economics, there'll be macro stuff. Really, all you need to do is just look at is, is like look up you know Robin Hood on Twitter when it's trending, and just look at all the memes. Yeah, like the Terry Crews memes, the uh, <laughs> all, like the just all these memes just tell you everything you need to know. They really do. I do kind of love the. I, I didn't spend a ton of time on the subreddit that got this all going, but like, just what crass assholes they are, you know. Which I guess is probably why people think they're alt right or something. But it is kind of funny that it is these guys who refer to themselves by words I won't even say on here, uh, as like self-identified by words that we've now not allowed, um, are the ones like costing these hedge fund people billions. Yeah, but of you know that don't fall into that trap though, because that's the media trying to paint them as. I mean, that's just, that is, you know, very, having a Gen Z kids, that's just being very online. I mean, that's just I know, trolling. I know. That, these guys are, to, these are also, yeah, that's yeah. also the kind of, and we, we've already mentioned Chapo Trap House tonight. That's that, that point where there's the kind of shit poster right and the shit poster yes. left. So there are right. the alt-right people who are like that, who are posting Trump memes. And then there's also like the people in that sort of... Uh, Ship posting left world like the Chapo guys, yeah. Who are again just it's that same generation and that same sense of humor, or yeah. And if you don't know the difference, they look exactly the same. Yeah. And and you know, and the bottom line is, it's like that doesn't mean you have to like them. It's just like you have to sort of, I think, sort of face them as a, as a force to be reckoned with yeah. and realize like this is the new left i mean this is the and, new and right some, and, and and also yeah that, i think that's one of the things that really put the shits up people in the uh in the mainstream is firstly it is this whole like no you're not meant to do this this is our world you're not meant to be able to take this over but also a large number of people seem to be doing it like for the lulls <laughs> like just doing yeah. it as a laugh because they were <laughs> I, enjoying I, fucking I, them over so then it became a game and they're like no you can't but this is serious this is th- what we do is serious, and then yeah. you're like, "No, it isn't." Yeah, no, it's not serious just because you're wearing a fucking shirt with different colored collars and cuffs, and right. you do coke in the evening with your friends and call each other Bazo, <laughs> whatever the fuck. And it comes that? down to they—they they have nothing to lose. These shit posters have nothing to lose. These big, big wig Wall Street guys—they have everything to lose. And and I mean, when you're living in a world where you have where you have everything to lose, you know. <laughs> when the when the people come along, it's like you know the the uh, the people storming the gates. It's I mean that's it's I it's a dumb analogy, but it, it's true. It's like yeah, these young guys in their twenties, you know, who are these Wall Street bets guys, they have nothing to lose. Yeah, like they're like fuck you. And and, and by the way, it is 
why do you think they picked GameStop? It's like this is near this, and this dear, right. stock that was near and dear to them when they were kids, and they're like, it's been shit on, and they're and they're like, hey, we want to fuck with these Wall Street assholes. Uh, Let's just pump this thing up to three hundred fifty bucks. Uh, and know? also, and fundamentally, also the way they're fucking them over isn't by tricking them or no. cheating them or, fr- or defrauding yeah. them. It's it's literally it's pointing out that their emperor is naked. Yes, like it's just one hundred percent. Like that's all they've done, or 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 they're off the edge of the cliff uh, in the Looney Tunes cartoon or whatever, and they're they're just going like, "Hey, uh, you want? Do you want, look down? Look down! Right. <laughs> you're actually off the edge of the cliff there." One hundred. We're just going to point out to everyone that you're off the edge of the cliff because the rules are: once everyone's aware of that, then you drop. And you haven't realized it yet, so. Yeah, or you have realized it, but you you are currently in a position now where you know you're off the edge of the cliff, but you think that if you keep running fast enough past the edge of the cliff, you're going to be able to eventually find more cliff. And running running faster, running faster. The equivalent of that is is forcing Robinhood to halt trading, right. which is doing nothing but just Robinhood putting a gun to his head and committing suicide. You know, because again, again, and again, I. I Please write in and tell me the things that I'm wrong on because I probably am. But I also, it's my understanding that once this started to happen, the hedge funds that were in and in trouble I- involved in this st- did try to outrun it. They still tried to, they they started shorting more stocks to try and yes. cool their bluff and and push it down uh, and like act do what they've always done, which is to like say, well, no, this is worth less, this is worth less until it becomes worth less and. Uh, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, but, yes, but right. they they didn't take the bait and they kept buying and called their bluff on it. Right, because again, it comes down to they have nothing to lose. They have nothing to lose, and it's they're trolling. And it's like they're like, hey, I bought this stock for two bucks, and now it's trading at one hundred and fifty, and now it's trading at three hundred. I don't give a fuck what happens. I'm just fucking around. I'm just yeah. fucking with you. Yeah, and like, okay, this three hundred bucks would be good for me, but also. I still have more money than I started with. Yes, it's now right. it's the game show rules now as well, isn't it? Well, it's like well, I came here Playing with nothing. With the house's money. <laughs> yeah, it's like your it's like your Andy Wood on Jeopardy. <laughs> you just bought yeah. a house and now you're on Jeopardy and you win four games in one day. Yeah, you're going for a true daily double there, ballsy. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys watch um, today's? Not yet. Oh. Uh, it's very interesting because it's the first time some, I'm sorry, not the first time, one of the few times a champion has come back after being gone. In this case, Zach Newkirk, who was the reigning champion when they stopped production because of COVID and then didn't get back on until today when suddenly he's up against a seven day winner. So now it's a five day Uh, winner against a seven day winner. Well, who's hosting this week? Uh, Ken Jennings still. Ken's still on. Okay, great. Yeah. Anyway, I won't spoil it if anybody has yet to watch it on TiVo or something. But um, uh, yeah, I haven't seen it, but I very much hope the third person who hadn't won anything beat them both. I won't. I won't tell you what happens. Okay. I just I love I'm this. Just saying, if it was Jeopardy. a Hollywood ending, that's what would happen. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I love the season of Jeopardy, where it's like from Los Angeles, California, from Studio City, California, from <laughs> from Glendale, like, from Glendale, California. Well, I mean, like, okay. I, I'm surprised they aren't. Maybe people are originally from there too, but I think I mentioned when I was on they. We're going to say where I live, but then um, they realized how it's looking, so they asked people if, if they could instead say where they're originally from. I, I literally think you were the first contestant this season who wasn't, like, quote-unquote, from, from California. from Ann Arbor, Michigan, rather than... Yeah. Right, right. Which I think panned out well for them viewership-wise, because none of my friends in L.A., all my friends are cord cutters, so everyone I know on the West Coast was like, 
how can I watch this? I'm like, I don't know. If you didn't see it live, you're kind of screwed. By the way, that's how you know how that's how you know that you're on a quality show that where it's like we don't need the cord cutters. We can just we're going to go live. They can wait. Six we months. have right like 10 million people who will watch this even if it's not <laughs> stream. Yeah, it's amazing. But yeah, back in Michigan though, my parents um, they were all their friends their generation all still have regular TV. So I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying it does skew that way. Yeah. So, you know, my parents were the ones getting all the calls from their friends who were watching it. And how psyched were they? That must've been so gratifying for them. I think they, yeah, they probably got more out of it than I did. I mean, I did get a nice chunk of money, but, um, yeah, besides, (laughs) besides that. Anywho, um, another story, Matt, did we talk about the ice ages on Mars? We did not that I'm aware of. I know Justin Broad emailed this story in, but I don't believe we've got to it yet. Yes, he did. Thank you, as always, for the stories. Uh, This is a story about uh, there's new evidence for multiple ice ages on Mars. So Earth has had at least five major ice ages. Now it appears Mars, the next planet outward from the sun. I don't know why I read that part out loud, because obviously, whatever, uh, has undergone anywhere from a half dozen to 20 ice ages in the past several hundred million years. I think QAnon's uh, saying there's another planet, so they have to put that in there to make sure. Uh, Just as on Earth, glaciers have flowed across. By the way, wait, before we go into this, is there an overlap between QAnon and this Wall Street subreddit? There isn't, right? I hope not. I I don't think there is. It's not directly, but there's I don't think there's a causal link, but I'd be astonished if there aren't some people who have a foot in both. Yeah, probably. Anyway, but I think it's, I think it's kind of equates to the, the the fact that there are people who voted for Trump in 2016 who would have voted for Bernie if he if he'd been the nominee, you know. Right. And it's like, and, what is that? What, what is that? A uh, Venn diagram? And also, yeah, it's yeah. just this is both are groups of people who spend a lot of time on the internet. Yeah, 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 and in different corners of the internet quite often, but still a lot of time on the internet. So that, yeah, there'll absolutely be an overlap. Right. Uh, anyhow, so uh, back to Mars ice ages. Just as on Earth, glaciers have flowed across the surface of Mars in the distant past, but while Earth's glaciers have mostly receded and are still shrinking, Mars' glaciers are found are frozen in place and covered by rocky debris. Scientists haven't been sure if there was one huge ice age on Mars or multiple ice ages spread out over millions of years. Now a new study announced by researchers at Colgate University in New York State is helping to answer those questions. It suggests that Mars has undergone anywhere from a half dozen to 20 ice ages in the past several hundred million years. The peer-reviewed findings were published in the journal Proceedings of the National Academies of Science on January 26th, just a couple days ago. Uh, The researchers, led by planetary geologist Joe Levy, or Levi, at Colgate University, decided to analyze the glaciers in more detail by examining the rocks sitting on top of them. That rocky debris has been covering the frozen ice for over 300 million years. Levi said, uh, all the rocks and sand carried on that ice have remained on the surface. It's like putting the ice in a cooler under all those sediments. So also, by the way, I know this has come up before on the show, but just to be clear, Colgate University isn't like Hamburger University. <laughs> has it come up before? I don't know. I feel like it has. No. It's, not the to- it's not a toothpaste? It's not the yeah, it's, it's, it's an not- exclusively toothpaste-based collegiate <laughs> system. It's not the place you go before you're allowed to sell toothpaste legally. Uh, no, it's actually, it was close to where I went to school. We used to drive there for parties. They had, uh, I saw the Might Be Giants play their, like, I think it's called Field Day, some spring oh. event they have. Oh, good so for a, bunch them. Of, a bunch of white nerds go there then. A bunch of white nerds. That is definitely but like really, yeah. But like really white. Yes. Really <laughs> the nerd. whitest of nerds. By the way, after listening to this so far, my big takeaway is uh, if I ever start a punk rock band, I'm changing my name to Rocky Debris. What's up? I'm Rocky Debris. From Technically an Anus, or whatever my band's <laughs> name is. 
It's, I'm looking up whether I was right about this thing being called Field Day. I believe it is. Conocione so, Field Day. So, by the way, Colgate University was originally called the Baptist Educational Society of the State of New York. That's uh, and then it was called Hamilton Theological and Literary Institution, then Hamilton College, then Madison College, and then its presence, present name since 1890. Wow. And, it- and who was it named for? Let me find out. Because, I mean, it sounds like they were just like, hey, let's just take a couple famous founding fathers and attach their names to our college. So I thought it was, it was founded by the same person. It, it shares a parent with the Colgate Toothpaste Company. Wow. Among its Amazing. trustees was William Colgate, founder of the Colgate Company. Wow. So, That's one of those so it, things. Sorry, go ahead. No, sorry. It's all right. Go for it. It just reminds me of like Army Hammer and Armand Hammer and Armand Hammer. And you're like, oh, yeah, those, isn't that funny that those sound like they should be related? It's like, oh, no, they are related. Oh, no, wait, they're not. Oh, wait, they are, but not in the way you think. Right. Arm and Hammer, the baking soda brand, existed before the man Arm and Hammer. Right. But Arm and Hammer, because he had a ton of money, did end up buying Arm and Hammer. It's so crazy, <laughs> it's, right? Isn't that it crazy? It it's, some it's a crazy weird, story. It's, things are out of order, but yeah. still connected. But at the end of the day, a, a peach gets fucked. That's all that really matters. And and um, and some humans get eaten and, alive, maybe? <laughs> Are we allowed to talk about Army on here? What now? Didn't he go Army to Aquafresh U? Didn't this? he go to Aquafresh University? I can't oh, remember. Oh, I, I saw. Okay, yeah, that was a thing on the internet last week, and I've already forgotten about it. I mean, I guess it's like, is it a little bit of kink shaming? But if, no. if there's how how creepy do you have to get before kink shaming is now allowed because it's cannibalism shaming? Or maybe he also did some. I forgot whether they're actually. It sounds like there was there was something like there was some some abusive shit going on too. Right. Which, Let's just say there is, but like yeah. you could just Google Army Hammer recently and you'll see some yeah. some text threads that will blow your mind. By the way, Eli, yeah. were you when you said it's a very white college, were you aware of its history? Because I've just got down to the section on the Wikipedia page, President Cotton's controversial legacies. Oh no. Yeah, I, the, I was assuming. <laughs> the National Monument at Ellis Island, of all places, displays a statement by Colgate's eighth president. George Barton Cutton, which had been criticized, which has been criticized for its jingoistic anti-immigration sentiment. And it's hung in it's it's hung in Ellis Island. Okay, hang on, it must be in the museum. Okay, because Ellis Island has an immigration museum attached to it, so it's ah. it must be like, uh, you know, here's the bad guys. Here, here <laughs> yeah, here's the stuff we don't approve of. He warned, the danger, it's weirdly phrased but in the Wikipedia article, but I'd imagine that's what it means. He warned, the danger that the melting pot brings to the nation is the breeding out of the higher divisions of the white race. Oh, Jesus. While Cousin's legacy has been marred by the espousal of racist beliefs, the contributions he made to de- developing the prestige and facilities of Colgate were significant. Wow. And st- student protests in the tw- 2006 around campus facilities... Uh, Bearing Cutter's name became emblematic of the divisions surrounding how modern American universities should broker their own history with racism, foreshadowing this, future controversies in the mid 2010s at universities such as Yale and Harvard. This guy clearly clearly doesn't know how hot biracial girls are. I don't know. You know, this is crazy. Yeah, I was I really expecting. What... Go ahead. No, that's a second. I was expecting this to go in the direction of teeth whitening, but um, <laughs> it's not exactly. That. It's everything whitening. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That was an early Lonely Island sketch. That I don't know if they buried, but it was uh, like a fake ad for a tooth whitener called White Power. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Not on SNL, pre-SNL Lonely Island. Yeah. yeah. That stuff's great, that early stuff. It's very funny. Yeah. Anyhow, Mars Ice Ages. Uh, yeah, the Rocky Debris. <laughs> Rocky Debris. <laughs> so, yes. Um, 
Levy and his colleagues wanted to study the sizes, distribution, and number of rocks on top of the glaciers. If there was a progression of larger to smaller rocks going downhill due to erosion, that would point toward one long ice age event instead of multiple ones. Um, the researchers used, 45, used images of 45 glaciers from NASA's Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter spacecraft for their study. The cameras on MRO are powerful with a resolution down to 25 centimeters per pixel. Wait, 25, 10 inches per pixel. Is that... I guess if you're orbiting and you get that kind of resolution, that's pretty damn good. Yeah, if it's like your your phone, right? You're just trying to take a selfie, then that's bad. And as Levi, I'm just going with Levi for this story. Said uh, you can see things the size of a dinner table. So over two summers, ten Colgate students assisted Levi by counting and measuring larger rocks seen in the images, about sixty thousand altogether. Uh, they said they did a kind of virtual field work, walking up and down these glaciers and mapping the boulders. Levi had expected to see the boulders distributed by size, but that's not what the images showed. Instead, the rocks were scattered randomly, leading to an interesting conclusion, which was um, that it wasn't the size of the boulders that mattered. It was how they were grouped or clustered. Typical man. Right? Typical yeah. man. Typical man. Motion of the Martians. Uh, the team realized the rocks had been traveling along inside the glaciers and therefore not eroding as had been expected. They were also grouped in bands across the glaciers, which indicated distinct separate flows over millions of years, multiple ice ages, instead of just one major ice age event. Wow. That's when the researchers concluded that Mars has experienced somewhere between 6 and 20 separate ice ages during the last 300, 300 to 800 million years. Um, Levi said, this paper is the first geological evidence of what Martian orbit and obliquity, 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 what would that, something being oblique. oblique. Hmm. Um, what Martian orbit and obliquity might have been doing for hundreds of millions of years. These glaciers are little time capsules capturing snapshots of what was blowing around in the Martian atmosphere. Now we know that we have access to hundreds of millions of years of Martian history without having to drill down deep inside the crust. Is, uh, we it, can just take a hike along the surface. Is obliquity like the the angle of the orbit? Or the... I I'm going to look it up. It's the... It's okay, the, I was uh, close. I was close. It's the... Sorry, what are you going to go say, ahead. Eli? No, no, go ahead, go ahead. It's the it's the angle of the tilt of the Earth's axis of rotation, or presumably another planet's axis of rotation. Yeah, compared to the um, ecliptic yeah. plane, the orbital plane? Yeah, exa- exactly. So if you... Um, it's the reason we have seasons. Right, axial tilt. Axial tilt, literally, yeah. Yeah, because when we're, when we're on one side of the orbit the northern hemisphere is pointing more towards the sun and then when we're in the other it's the opposite and sometimes we're not actually closer during summer and sometimes we're not farther during winter as yep. far as actual distance from yeah i mean that's obvious i guess or maybe it's not obvious i think a lot of people still think that a lot of people still th- probably think if you ask a person on the street how, what percentage of people do you think on the street would say it is true that the sun is closer in summer i think i think uh 80 percent Probably a pretty high number. Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, not true. Um, Dummies. See what else. Um, Hate to be them right now. (laughs) We really stuck it to Robin Hood and those people. They're doing fine. They don't care. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Let's see. Scientists would like to know what kind of rocks and glaciers are rocks and gases are still trapped inside these glaciers, and they'd be a great place to search for fossils or other biomarkers of ancient microbes. Um, Levi said, if there are any biomarkers blowing around, those are going to be trapped in the ice, too. Fingers crossed. Ooh. I just want them to, uh, you know, to find the uh, the frozen uh, Martians who are, you know, 
suspended in time in those glaciers and right, unfreeze like, them and, and then turn them into lawyers on Earth. I'm just an unfrozen <laughs> lawyer from Mars. When I see an air, when I see an eclipse, I think, is the moon eating the sun? <laughs> That's one of the little movies. SNL reference. Yeah, mid mid eighties, late eighties. God, it's that old. Wow, that's crazy. I don't know. I guess Phil Hartman and those guys started in like eighty six. That was the yeah. full cast. So yeah, late eighties. Yeah, yeah, through early nineties. That was the that was the golden period, oh, man. man. It sucks since then. You had your Jan Hooks. You had your oh Jan Hooks. That's peak <laughs> SNL. <laughs> she was good. She was, she good, was good. I'm trying to think of like the the least essential of that era, but they were all really good. So I don't know why. I'm I, I feel like that. SNL is always good and it's always hit and miss. And there's always shining stars and there's always people who are like, oh, you're right, they were on there too. Yeah. And sometimes the people who were the oh right, they were on there too. Are people like Robert Downey Jr. You know? Right, or like the weird 94, 95, when it was tons of people I love, Michael McKean, um, yeah. Gene Garofalo. Yeah. What are the really surprising ones from that year that everyone forgets about? Laura Keitlinger was on for a bit. That's right, yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, I know Matt, um, Matt is established. He did not. Marlon Brando was on that for one, <laughs> their one year. I mean, people, people forget. People forget. <laughs> uh, it's Dame Judi Dench. Um, yeah. uh, Lady Gaga. Right. Yeah. Orson Welles. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that was so surprising. Yeah. Clint Howard. I loved the Clint Howard years. So <laughs> Lawrence Olivier. Right. What did I just watch that had Clint Howard in it? Oh, I watched Ice Tea. Uh, Ice Tea. Uh, have you guys seen Night Shift? It's been a while. I just watched that. I've never seen it. It's Ron Howard's first movie, Michael Keaton's first movie. Uh, it doesn't really hold up. Really? <laughs> but it's got the obligatory Clint Howard cameo since it's a Ron Howard. That, oh, nice. By the way, while we're talking about Mars, there is one, another Mars story that Ooh. is on the BBC website. N- NASA's Perseverance rover is bearing down on Mars. What does that mean? I'm, it means they're going to get it on. Yeah. Ooh! There's going to be a pro- Sexy. Pr- projected... I oh, know. What was it? Um, Ex- <laughs> what do you Ex- do with Super an expulsion of semen. Yeah. Ex- Super yeah. expulsion of semen. They're gonna one's gonna rub its slit across the other. <laughs> well, it will exuberantly ejaculate. I is that what they said? I think it was <laughs> entertainingly expel their exuberant ejaculate. <laughs> Something like that. The the U.S. Space Agency's Perseverance rover, that's NASA's Perseverance rover, I think, I, clearly, is now just three weeks from arriving at Mars. The robots current distance to the red planet is still some four and a half million kilometers three million miles but that gap is closing at a rapid rate the biggest most sophisticated vehicle ever sent to land on another planet the nasa robot is being targeted at near equatorial at a near equatorial crater called jezero touchdown is expected Hmm. shortly before 2100 gmt at on thursday the 18th of february that's one in the afternoon for la people wow yeah, to get down, the NASA rover will have to survive what engineers call the seven minutes of terror. The Sounds like sex with me. Yeah. <laughs> but if they survive it, then they get to inherit all of the money from their uncle. <laughs> <laughs> the seven minutes is the time it takes to get from the top of the atmosphere to the surface. And the terror is a reference to the daunting challenge that is inherent in trying to reduce an entry speed of 20,000 kilometers per hour to something like walking pace at the moments of wheel down. Wow. When the scientists look at our landing site, Jezero Crater, says Alan Chen, the engineer who leads the entry, descent, and landing effort for Perseverance, 
They see the scientific promise of everything, the remains of an ancient river flowing in and flowing out of this crater, and think that that's the place to go to look for signs of past life. But when I look at Jezero, I see danger. Dun, dun, dun. There's danger everywhere. This is still a quote. There's this 60 to 80 meter tall cliff that cuts right through the middle of our landing site. If you look to the west, there are craters that the rover can't get out of, even if we were to land successfully in one of them. And if you look to the east, there are large rocks that our rover would be very unhappy about if we put, if we put down on them. He told BBC News. I have a feeling it'll be fine. I have a feeling everything's going to work out. Yeah, you just got to look north or south. Yeah, yeah, easy. Fortunately, Perseverance has some tried and tested technologies that should ensure it reaches a safe point on the surface. Among them is the famous Sky Crane jetpack that successfully landed NASA's previous rover, Curiosity, eight years ago. And the Mandalorian and uses that too, so... Yeah. There are even some additions designed to improve reliability from eight years ago. The parachute system that slows the atmospheric descent from super to subsonic speeds now has something called a range trigger. This more precisely times the opening of the parachute to bring the rover closer to its notional bullseye. Unlike Curiosity, which opened the chute when it reached a predetermined velocity, Perseverance will check its surroundings first before issuing the command. Allied to this is terrain relative navigation. Perseverance will be examining the ground below and checking it against satellite imagery of the crater to better gauge its position. It's Mm. like you or I looking out the window of our car and then looking back at a map to see where we are, says Chen. This is all sounds like this all sounds like Fortnite technology. I don't think it's really <laughs> yeah. Fortnite, but yeah, it is all going to be operated by a teenager on Twitch. <laughs> it's going to be they're going to be streaming it for for cash, and they're, they're hoping to make a lot. This could really fund NASA for a few days. That's what we're asking Perseverance to do on our own to figure out where she is, and then to fly to known safe spots that are nearby. Says I presumably the same person, Chen again. Curiosity managed to touch down about a mile from the notional bullseye. It overshot slightly. Perseverance, with its enhanced landing technologies, should do much better. Scientists have already named the area that includes the bullseye. It's called Timanfaya, named after the Spanish National Park in Lanzarote, one of the Canary Islands. The Lanzarote Timanfaya is a volcanic terrain. The Martian version, which encompasses a 1.2 kilometer by 1.2 kilometer square, likely also has volcanic rock. It's the floor of the Jezero Crater. Although this is the landing spot, it's not the, mo- it's not the major interest for the mission. That's the remnant delta just to the north, along with some more distant carbonate rocks, which the researchers think may trace the edge of a once huge lake in Jezero. So Ken Farley, the NASA, NASA pro- project scientist, says, Carbonate rock is extremely abundant on Earth, but it's quite rare on Mars, and we're not really sure why that is. There's a, re- high- there's a region on the edge of the crater that would have being the shore with a high concentrate of carbonate. This is very attractive to us because on Earth, carbonate is often precipitated by living organisms. People will be familiar with things like coral reefs, and it is a good way to record biosignatures. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's also what Harrison Ford got uh, frozen in, carbonate, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly that. Yeah. And, and it's also that way of protecting your money online. Exactly, yes. <laughs> From fraud. The dream is Perseverance will stumble across fossil evidence of stromatolites. These are sedimentary deposits that have been built by layers or mats of microorganisms. The structures and the chemistry within them is recognizable to geologists. That said, we're talking about rocks in Jezero that are almost 4 billion years old, says this BBC article. 
Discoveries are unlikely to be of the slam dunk variety, which is why Perseverance will package up its most interesting finds for later missions to retrieve and bring back to Earth for more detailed study. That'll be the first, first time we've returned something, correct? We've talked about this before. I think, yeah, I think that might be the case. Um, Farley says Perseverance will be asking the most fundamental questions and whatever answers it's produ- it produces will be instructive it's a, is it a case of if you build a habitable environment then life will come or is it like a magic spark that also has to happen the answer to that question is really important because we now know there are billions literally billions of planets out there beyond earth what is the likelihood that life doesn't exist out there he explained it seems small to me but it all hinges on how ubiquitous that spark is that gets life going. Well, well in this photo, things. they make it so colorful. It just makes it look like life is just on the, you know, on the brink of being created instantly. I don't know what they, how treated, but it's like purples and greens and oranges. It looks like they, they colored in the ones that are carbonate rocks green. Yes. In that picture. Yeah. I mean, it's clearly a treated photo, but like still it makes you think like, oh, this, this place is just ready for, this is, a, this is the Garden of Eden, you know, 10 minutes before shit goes down. (laughs) Yeah. Kind of makes you think just planets, they're just like us. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, By the way, I was misreading that. It says Perseverance will package up its most interesting findings. You you read it right. I just didn't realize it said for later missions to retrieve. I was like, is Perseverance already returning something? So I guess it's just going to like make a little pile and then we'll come get it later on. I don't know. Yeah. Have we never, has it, has no, because think about it. Nothing's ever taken off from Mars. Like that would have been a thing we all knew about. I guess, yeah, that must be the case. A craft's never taken off from Mars after landing no, on it. No, I mean, wow. like, it was, they, they never, they, uh, that would have been a bigger story than the Sky Crane because you would have had to have had enough uh, fuel left to. Yeah, because it's got to be really hard to do that because Mars is, what's the gravity on Mars compared to Earth? It's, it's less, but it's not substantially not, less the same yeah, way the not, moon is. Obviously, it's not as small as the moon. But uh, yeah, I think it's more than half of Earth's gravity, but I could be wrong. Either way, it's like there's just a huge fuel cost, and it just means more things you'd have to blast off from here to be able to get things off of there. You get to, that, you get to those um, rocket equations we talked about that are just sort of hard, not because of their complexity, but because of how little wiggle room there is. Because the bigger the fuel tanks, the more fuel you need to lift the fuel tanks themselves, and... All that stuff. Uh, the average average gravitational acceleration on Mars is around thirty eight percent that of Earth. Oh, so yeah, okay. it's less than half. But yeah, less than half, but not much less than half, but more than a third. So and the Moon's like a sixth or something. Yeah, so it is still substantially more fuel that you'd need to lift off to get back into something that could be in orbit and then presumably dock with something that would then fly back to Earth. Right. By the way, I don't know if you guys, are, if this is like something under the purview of this podcast, but I'm looking on this page, uh, you know, all the other stories on this page where this story is, and uh, there's a story called Why Roller Skating is Making a Comeback. Is that something you guys would cover? or? Yeah, that's next week's top story, I think. Okay. Uh, yeah. Science, of, science of skating. What, I is do, it, I know. what are the main beats? Uh, I don't, I've already closed the page. I don't know. Now that, once I got my dumb joke in, I just closed it, so I'm not sure. This, this this lines up with my experience. I know people out here who have gotten into rollerblading in the in the lockdown. And there's a guy, a friend of a friend, who rollerbladed the entire um, main, like, 20-mile road of Joshua Tree in the park itself. Which wow. I think isn't even legal. But um, Well, it won't be now. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks to <laughs> now, that it's going on, now that it's going on, on, the, on the biggest podcast in the world. <laughs> yeah. So thanks, Andy. You just blew that one. Yeah. <laughs> Um, by the way, I have a story on Mars, if you guys don't mind. Yes. 
Um, I don't know if you guys know this song. Is that familiar to you? No. This is called Pump Up the Volume. Okay. It's a big hit in the late 80s by a group of Mars. That's who sang Pump Up the Volume? Yeah, it's called Mars. M-A-R-R-S. I never knew that was the artist. It's quite a jam. It's quite a jam, I gotta say. I thought it was Technotronic featuring Feli. I mean, if if it was, they were going under the name Mars for this one particular song. So, you know, Mars touches us in many ways, right? What's that? Mars touches us in so many ways. <laughs> it does. Pop up the volume. Pop up the volume. This just proves that British people are just as funky as any American, if not twice as funky. <laughs> That's my opinion, honestly. I've always said. Oh, you know what? I'm thinking of Pop Up the Jam is technotronic. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you gotta get pumps all mixed up. up. I, I pump up too many things. <laughs> um, we, sh- we should wrap up the main episode in a few minutes, but um, Eli, would you be able to hang out for one extra Patreon story for our of Patreon? Course. patrons? Of course. I, lo- I love I love uh, hanging out for the elites, the, you yeah. know, the, uh, yeah. the the ones who can pay. The, the people who are listening to this are the retail traders and uh, yeah. The, yeah, the, the hedge fund the managers. The, ones. the extra story people can, tr- yeah, they can still <laughs> they can still be buying and selling probably science shares until the deadline. I'll really turn on turn on the juice, the the Braden juice once the <laughs> uh, the plebs are gone. But in the meantime, Eli. Where can our listeners find out everything you're doing? Where can they find you? On oh, my God. Sites? I mean, Twitter, I guess, at Eli Braden, E-L-I-B-R-A-D-E-N. I mean, I don't really – I'm not really doing that much these days. I'm just working on game shows and, you know, trying to trying to not get too fat and taking care of my kids. So that's, that's, a lot. that's pretty much my life. It's a lot. It's a lot. Well, when the, uh, when the game shows are public knowledge, I'm assuming you'll tweet about them. So of course I will. I can't help myself. I gotta, I gotta say, look at me. I'm important. I work on a big thing, <laughs> involving Eli. involving a famous lesbian comedian. And uh, can people go? Uh, do you have a compendium of your songs for the Stern Show anywhere? Uh, I, I actually, um, I do. I mean, I have a Patreon. If you look up Eli Braden on Patreon, it's on there, and you can oh. get access to everything I've done. If you're a Stern Show fan, you can get access to everything I've done on Patreon for like five bucks or whatever. You know, Excellent. just su- subscribe for a month, swoop in. Download it all. Get all the news. And then say, hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> so, so do that. Do that. You can also it. find us at at Probably Science on Twitter, individually at Andy T. Wood and at Matt Kirshen. ProbablyScience.com is our website where we post all of the show notes and also links to our Patreon and PayPal donation buttons. Uh, you can go to uh, ProbablyScience at gmail.com and email us any questions, comments, stories, and clarifications anything you would like us to cover anything you want to tell us just you know something that's been happening to you that week whatever yeah just tell just us, let us know tell Pet us about photos. <laughs> tell us about your next stock picks yeah oh yeah if you do or have any it, or if you have it. any inside scoop on something that's going to very quick <laughs> that's going to turn people from a few thousand dollars into a millionaires overnight with very little effort then just tell tell us we won't tell and anyone else. We tell, and yeah, and we have a few of those, but we're going to save them for the Patreon episode. Right? Yeah, 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 of course, the hot of course. stock tips come in the bonus. Yeah. But, you know. And as always, OnlyFans.com slash Barely Science. Yep. Mm. Um, <laughs> now i got to go see if that URL is taken. That's, that's the place to be. Yeah. 
All right, Eli. I can't believe. Okay, yeah, we'll talk about this in the bonus. <laughs> Eli, thanks for joining us, listeners. Thanks for joining. My us. pleasure. Yeah. See you next time. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.